This is Rating Descending. Where we watch IMDb's worst 250 movies so you don't have to. I'm Michelle St. Clair. I'm Abigail Ward. And this week we watched Snatched. When her boyfriend dumps her before their exotic vacation, a young woman persuades her ultra-cautious mother to travel with her to paradise with unexpected results. <laughs> Let's watch. Hey, Michelle. Hey. It's the end of 2020. Yeah. It's the end of one of the worst years ever in the history of the world and the history of potentially our lives. It's been a bad time. Yeah. When at the beginning of the year they said it was a once in a lifetime plague, I was like, yeah, for sure. And then, yeah, for sure. I'm just <laughs> resentful that it happened in the early part of our lives. If I was like 60, had it, had it going for me, had a nice house, had fulfilling hobbies, didn't need the, didn't feel the need to go out a lot. I'd be fine with it. Yeah. But I, I was 25, 24 and 25 this year, and it sucked. Yeah. We just moved to a new city, and all I wanted to do was go out and party. Yeah. Yeah, I really wanted to go out and and seek more job opportunities, and instead, all of the jobs I had previously dried up. You've had a rough year. We've yeah. all had a rough year, but you've had a rough two months in particular at the end of this year. <laughs> I also had a rough few months in the middle of the year. We, okay, all months were rough. <laughs> Can confirm this whole year's been a write-off. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I mean, to be fair, there's still time for this year to pull in another surprise, uh, whether that be... Who knows, maybe a tornado. Maybe it really will get to December 31st, 11.59, and then it'll be December 32nd, uh, midnight. You know, like it'll, maybe it'll actually just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> There's a movie in that. It's yeah. like in the same realm as Groundhog Day, but it's just the never-ending year. Yeah. It's not the year that repeats. It just keeps going. I guess the thing that we have as an advantage over some places is that in Melbourne, you know, we did it. We beat it. We have a very hopeful 2021 because our figures are super low. Like local transmission has been zero. Mm -hmm. And we're going into 2021 feeling hopeful that everything will pass and things will go back to normal. But people over in the US, people yeah. over in London who have gone into lockdown for Christmas. Yeah. Ain't the same case. And I am thankful that we live in a country that took it very seriously and were very cautious. And I special shout out to Dan Andrews. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. You did a fucking amazing job. I love you. I got to send you that article about the age. Yeah. It really kind of uh, makes it apparent that he was the one who made it better. <laughs> yeah. Dan's my man forever. Forever. Special place in my heart, Dan. I'm also very glad all of the the still not great things about it aside that, you know, we avoided the fascist coup. We did. That's pretty cool. I mean, obviously that wasn't our country, Look, but 20, still neat. 2020 is still pulling a, a couple of punches. Like Elvis <laughs> Hardstock, George's cat yeah. from My Favorite Murder died. You know, just another thing I didn't need to top off this year. Um, also, Ennio Morricone died, but that was a couple months ago, but and it still stings. John le Carre died. Yes. So so many people did die. I mean, like there was also, there's a great, enormous extending list of actors that died this year and, and Elvis Hardstock is what well, And also most. people because of the pandemic. Who? People. What? You can't say who when I say people because it's people. Never heard of them. <laughs> Did we go to school together or something? I don't know. You might I have. was pretty fucked at that time, so I don't even remember anything. The point is, yeah, it's pulling a few punches, but the fact that Trump was voted out of office was something. That was something. That was some kind of 
uh, light in this tunnel of dark. With the Australian Brexit and US elections from 2016 fresh in my mind, as well as our Australian election last year, and I'm still so bitter over it. Yeah. Like, I was not hopeful, and I'm glad, you know, it, it it's 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 an improvement. Yeah, 100%. I mean, what are your... We've had a bad year. Like, going over the year, we moved down here in February. We... I got a new job and started uni and you kept freelancing throughout the year. And in the middle of a very dark, sad, long winter where Melbourne was fully into lockdown, I will never forget the Mm. beginning of Melbourne's lockdown and going for a walk and knowing that everything was about to shut up for six weeks. But we started this podcast in the middle of a very dark place. Yeah. And we're going to continue this podcast (laughs) for a very long time in a much happier place. And we are going to be so different. In five years. Yeah. Well, 4.5 years, Mm because we've done six months of podcasting. Yeah. But we started this during lockdown, and we have a very hopeful 2021 coming up. Do you have any resolutions going into the new year? I... On the one hand, I feel like I do, and then now I'm being asked to articulate them. <laughs> this is very fair. It doesn't have to be resolutions. It can be goals or what you would like for yourself in 2021. What I think... I've had a few years where some of my resolutions have been like start to learn this thing or exercise like big vague things but they're big and they're vague and it's like make it into a habit and then i can do it but it'll be like 12 things so i'm trying to make like 12 things a habit and it never happens it's it's not even like oh i give up in january it's like i keep trying over and over again all year Mm. instead i want to take a different approach which is just that like for my own mental health i know that like doing a minimum of one thing per day even if it's like Because if I just lie down and don't do anything, then I feel more sad, right? If I, at some point, get up and make food, I'll feel better. It's not even about the food. It's just the having achieved a task thing. So I want to start to focus instead of on like, well, next year I got to make a a thingy and I've got to start my career and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, I I want next year to have at least, like, I want to start to just over time introduced little things into my daily like life Mm. it like well right now i'm good at getting up and making a coffee so if i can get up and make a coffee and toast that's great that's it that's the resolution Mm. if i i I went into garden and then i was like i'll make a whole veggie garden and holy shit so much all right i'll just buy a plant and then all i have to do is water it that's it and That's I just, good. it doesn't matter if it dies. I just want to have a plant alive at the end of the year. That's it. That's my resolution. Do those things because it'll be better for my mental health. What are, do you have any? Um, I, I do have a couple of them, but they're always really vague. I never set really solid resolutions for myself, except last year when my only resolution for 2020 was to drink less and do more drugs because it's better for me. Um, which in some ways I adhered to. It doesn't matter. My resolution this year or rather for next year, is to, it's going to be a working year because I'm going to be finishing my master's and there's no more crucial a time than right after you finish uni to try and make as many good connections as possible and Mm. try and find the next step after you graduate. I don't want some, some, I don't want six months of questioning why I did a course. I need to make sure that I finish it in the right place. So I... It's going to be a working year. My my goals are just to surround myself with good people and good friends um, and make sure that I get that I 
focus on uni, do as well as I can at uni and try and work as hard as I can to get into the profession that I want. It is very work related. Um, and again, and oh, the big thing is to go to therapy. <laughs> yeah. Surround myself with good people, work really hard after uni, go to therapy. Nice. Three things. Nice. And still probably take more drugs and do less drinking. <laughs> yeah. That's my four resolutions going into 2021. Hey. Yeah. It's going to be a good year, but it's going to be a hard working year. Yeah. I've really started spending a lot and extravagantly because 2020 has been shit and I just want to use retail therapy instead of normal therapy. <laughs> but next year I'm going to save and work hard. Nice. Well, Thank that's you. like... Cheers. Cheers. Hey. So outside of that, this week we watched Snatched. Speaking of feeling robbed after oh, a full year. That's good. That's good. I mean. Speaking of kidnapping. Napping. Am I right? Snooze palooza, please. They're getting worse. I, <laughs> <laughs> you're not punching your jokes up. You're punching them down. No, it's bad film. Stupid film. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it. That's <laughs> it. You got Gold, baby! This is podcasting! <laughs> this this is the show. This is the show. This, this is, is the show. It. This is it. <laughs> we found it. <laughs> After five or six long months, here yeah. we are, kids. Our first real episode. This is it. This is where it all starts. If- and it's because of snatched. And then I'll edit in a little FM radio. Oh, good morning, folks. And it's Uh-oh. another hot day in Melbourne CBD. Highs of 34, lows of 18. What have you got for me today, Michelle? Well, we're here with Michelle and the bear. <laughs> oh, <laughs> where's the bear, Michelle, or is it all you? <laughs> <laughs> I think we would host the worst morning show. The worst or the best. The worst, the worst, you're right. It, the be- the, that's the thing. It's it, There's an inverse relationship when it comes to morning shows. The better we are at it, the worse it is. Oh, yeah. love that. Uh, similarly, I feel like that's where you get Amy Schumer. <laughs> <laughs> now that's the segue. Yeah. Can I get a hoya? Hoya? You asked for it. It was hot. You asked for oh. I'm not judging. It was hot. <laughs> you sound like a group of flamingos. <laughs> We watched Snatched, and it was really something. I don't even know how to describe it. I think the the thing we nightmare, s- nightmare, terrible, nightmare. bad. I've got heaps of words for you. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's uh, fine. Yeah, bad sure. time, not good. Wait, let me just look up some synonyms for shocking, appalling, um, uh, travesty, travesty. Yeah, um, an I- absolute debacle, a disaster, a catastrophe. Um, the thing I said last night that I really remember is that a bad drama feels like a crime against film, but a bad comedy can feel like a crime against humanity. And, yeah, th- and that's, that's what right. this felt like. We've watched a lot of comedies, and every time, as I've said to you many times, they make me hate jokes. Yeah. And I love jokes. <laughs> I it, Jokes feel like what being a person is like, which is why it's a crime against humanity. It makes me hate joy. Mm. Like, the fact that Amy Schumer and... and Oh, I forgot her name. I should have written it down. You know, it's weird. I know that people don't like Amy Schumer, and I say people don't like her because I don't know if I don't like her or like her because I don't look, like watch her stand up. I yeah. haven't watched her films. I don't really know anything about her. I just tend to avoid her because what I have seen, I haven't enjoyed. Yeah. She seems to have filled the vacuum that Lena Dunham left in that she had something that was acclaimed for 
Amy Schumer. It was her comedy special show, Inside Amy Schumer, comedy comedy channel show, Inside Amy Schumer. And for Lena Dunham, it's the first few seasons of Girls. But then says a lot of real stupid shit and yeah. also isn't very funny, uh, but is mostly attacked because of gross sexism. And then you have the weird thing of like, I want to defend you from those people, but I don't want to defend you. That's right. That's right. I watched the whole film being like, this is bad and she is annoying. But did this get particularly roasted because she's a woman? Yeah. And she's annoying? It, is it, that it? Because it we get did. men that are annoying get way more leniency in the world yeah. than women do. And she's annoying. She's but she's as annoying as heaps of male comedians in Hollywood that still get gigs, still get jobs, still tell shit jokes, and are still sexist. She's not any more annoying than Chris Delia or Anthony Jeselnik, and both of those people nobody attacks in public. And also, like, Chris Delia is also like fucking a the, sexual abuser, yeah. a harasser, kind of a pedophile because he's talking to fucking sixteen-year-old yeah. girls. And he's actually yet, a bad person. Yeah. And he's n- he's not as reviled as Amy Schumer. Yeah, it's real nice and hot today. So now I'm just in my bra and underwear. This is a end of year special for you guys. Yeah. We're completely naked. Tits uh, out. Tits out. Flaps flying. In the wind. It's a hot wind. As it's we said, it's a hot day. Very warm wind. Yeah. It is unpleasant. We are absolutely moist mm. if i if i could use one word to describe us right now it mm. would be moist well do you want more words because as i established earlier in the episode i have heaps of them okay yeah wet damp 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 is better than wet we're not wet i mean if you're moist you're some kind of wet i know but damp I fe- is a lesser wet okay well is wet any state of wetness or is it just when you've Across the threshold of wetness. This is true. But, I mean, how can you even quantify that wetness? How can you calculate it, you know? Wet is a feeling. Wet is a state of mind. You know what? I think it's both. I think it's both. If I spill a little water on myself, I am wet. But I'm not not wet. I'm damp. (laughs) There. But I'm now wet. I'm wet. I would say wet and damp if I spilled something on myself. But then if it dried after time and it was less immediately drippy or spongy or like, it'd be damp. It's yeah. just got that light wetness to it. Yeah. Damp is a light wet. That's the name of my new EP launching <laughs> this Saturday. Damp is a light wet. You That's can't good. tell, but I know that you get it. Damp is a light wet. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Pre-orders start right now. Give me your money, please. Thank you so much. Because of our lack of focus, let me go into the overview so we can at least talk about some of the movie. Do we have to? We should. I'd like to keep talking about the... the We are legally obligated. We're contractually obligated. To each other and no one else. The law. I will get arrested. (laughs) Recently fired from... (laughs) power move to just end that (laughs) sentence there recently fired from her job and dumped by her rock musician boyfriend emily middleton is determined to enjoy a previously planned non-refundable trip to ecuador learning of her relationship status from social media her mother linda tells her to come home in order to move on where she reunites with her agoraphobic brother jeffrey initially refusing linda then agrees to go on the trip with her daughter Once in Ecuador, Emily is entranced by an Englishman named James. After a night of flirting, Emily and Linda agree to go out with James on a trip and end up kidnapped by an organized gang. 
Quickly escaping them, they make it to the nearest town, phone the US State Department, and find they have been transported to Colombia and must make their way to Bogota to leave the country. After the gang find them once more, they find the help of an American named Simmons and later a doctor named Armando, and Emily narrowly makes it back to Bogota, but Linda is recaptured. Emily seeks help from the US consulate in Bogota, but is rebuffed and instead finds help from two women they had met in their resort who come to help. Meanwhile, Jeffrey, who had been continually badgering the State Department for help, manages to convince them to mount a full rescue. Emily sneaks into the gang's compound, rescues Linda, and the two beat the the gang leader in a fight before the State Department arrived to the rescue. A year later, Emily and Linda are now volunteering in Kuala Lumpur, newly bonded. If that sounded like it escalated to a point beyond any sort of sensibility, yes, it did. Emily and Linda really did escape an organized Colombian gang as well as kill several members of it and beat the leader in a fist fight. Yeah. It's it's really and that's not even the I wouldn't even describe that as close to the weirdest thing about this movie. The weirdest thing about the movie is a, is the tapeworm scene. That is the tapeworm scene. There's yeah. a scene where like Emily and and What's her mom's name? Linda. Linda. They have a fight in the jungle. They're rescued by these two doctors that help Emily wake up. And then they're like, oh, by the way, you have a tapeworm. So you have to open up your mouth. We're going to dangle some meat in front of your mouth. And then we're going to pull the tapeworm out of you. Which, by the way, when they say dangle in front of her mouth, I, I thought they meant like it'll be in, in, in her, her mouth. mouth. Yeah. But it's just so far away from it's her mouth. It's really like a full, like a ruler's length away from her mouth. And the tapeworm does come out and they start yanking it out of her throat. And then they stop and she's got a tapeworm dangling from her throat as she is screaming it's so much for some reason she starts fighting them back i don't really understand why maybe the tapeworm is controlling her yeah and then that scene ends by in the middle of struggling it hard cuts and it's now the next day and she's fine she's fine it's done it's done it's just done i'm glad we got the biggest elephant in the room out of the way because that (laughs) tapeworm scene was shocking i will never forget it yeah it it really was just like two hours of God, every joke falling flat. Yeah, and and despising every scene with Amy Schumer on screen. Like I do get it. I do find her annoying. I really don't like watching her. Yeah, there is and like they made the most selfish, irritating character in the world, and yeah. expect you to sympathize with them and care. There's that bit where her mom sacrifices herself for her. She puts Emily in this little like wheelie boy over like a flying a, fox. like a gondola sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, and she pushes her away, and, and she's like, "I love you, Emily." And we're like, "I know you're her mom, but why? It's not, why not earned at all? Why do you love her? I hate that you are sacrificing yourself for her." Goldie Horn is so likable. Goldie yeah. Horn as Linda is lovely. I feel like the movie didn't. The movie didn't want to make up its mind about whether it wanted to be like Amy Schumer's earlier movie, Trainwreck, mm. which is someone who is really bad and selfish learns that they shouldn't be bad and selfish, or if it was mother and daughter have a strained relationship and learn um, to move past the the flaws they see in each other to have a new stage in their relationship later in life. Mm. It did. It kind of wanted to be both and meant that it kind of picked and chose all the wrong moments to emphasise those two storylines. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It was just a bad time. Like, 
It's a hot day. I'm sitting here sweating in my brown underwear. And honestly, the last thing that I want to talk about is is this stupid, stupid movie. <laughs> this is actually probably the worst one that we have watched. I, I think it might be. It gave me a headache. I could barely look at the screen. I wanted to go to bed. And then I wanted to scream. It all rhymes. And I'm Dr. Zeus here to say your checks will arrive on another day. Another, <laughs> another day, day, another dumb, day. another ram, another dollar. Yeah. Etc. You know what I mean. <laughs> and so forth. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is this was my least favorite experience of the whole year. So what a way to end the year, folks. We watched the worst of the worst. It really, The list is really ringing true for once. There's literally movies that personally offended me more yeah. that I would rank higher than this movie. Yeah. I can't, and that's a that's a tough act, and that's really what happens when your comedy is bad. Stop telling jokes that aren't funny. It's just <laughs> you're gonna make Michelle cry. You're gonna make me and cry. you don't want to see Michelle when she cries. It's really ugly. Is that what you think of me when I cry? No, that's just me making a noise of excitement and anticipation <laughs> while you cry. <laughs> yeah, Abby makes that noise every time she's excited. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I, I looked. I looked into this movie. Katie Dippold wrote it, and she also wrote um, for Parks and Rec for a little bit. Okay. She wrote the uh, 2016 Ghostbusters. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's, she's better than this. Look, well, looking at her screenwriting credits, she seems to have been someone who was brought along to write bad comedies, usually with Miss Melissa McCarthy. And yeah. this time it was just with Amy Schumer and Goldie Hawn instead. Melissa McCarthy is so likable, though. She's so funny. She's almost the antithesis of Amy Schumer. Yeah. Better sense of humor, so likable. Like yeah. the, She's just a, a puppy dog of a comedic actress. I, I find I've seen movies where it's a bad movie that Melissa McCarthy McCarthy is in and I'm like it's never a good but she's very funny there's that one movie she was in when it was a dramatic role where she was nominated for an Oscar that I didn't watch so Which I can't one? say oh okay I, I probably shouldn't have brought it up if I don't even remember the name of it but she, she was really good in that I have another film of Melissa McCarthy's that I also can't remember the name of but she was in a short film back in like 1999 oh, yeah. and it was something called like Me and God or God and Me and it was about this woman whose best friend was God and they did everything together and they bitched on the phone together and then they had like a falling out and God wasn't on her side anymore and she starts getting punished for it on earth but then they reconciled their friendship and it's like a 10 minute short film but it's so funny and really well structured that's fun yeah she was such a standout even from then I think part Part of what makes Amy Schumer frustrating is that she's she's picked her her thing as being angry, loud, body positive feminist. Yeah. But it's the kind of thing where like, yes, she is more fat than the standard Hollywood actress, but it's also odd for her to be the one to take to try and make the whole body positivity uh, to make buzzy to make body positivity about her. Yeah. Also, a lot of people have commented that she has a real blind spot about race and has said weird shit I was going to say, because she feels like... I, I have nothing to back this up, but when I was watching the film, it gave me a really bad taste in my mouth. Oh, sorry. It left a really bad taste in my mouth because it's two white women getting attacked by a bunch of locals from Ecuador and all the villainous people are, like, people of colour and yeah. all the white people are good. And I was like, that's just... Maybe it's not a big deal, but it's it's really 
I don't like that Amy Schumer wrote a comedy. Oh, she didn't write a comedy. I hate that Amy Schumer. She, this- she rewrote the script. She rewrote it. Yeah. I hate that she took a hand in this weird film about two white women getting persecuted in evil Ecuador. It wanted to have it both ways as well, because at one point there's several characters who point out like, Colombia and Ecuador are nice now, mostly. They're safe in most areas and stuff. You're just being weird about it. But then also the movie itself is weird about it. Yeah. It's it, it's trying to have its cake and eat it too. Notably, when she was accused of uh, having a blind spot about race, she said, sometimes I'm just playing a dumb character and sometimes that character involves making bad jokes about race. But I'm not racist. They're just bad jokes. And I'm like, that's a weird defense. Sure, Amy. Yeah. It's it's the kind of, like, yeah, it's... it's <laughs> she has become one of those people where you want to go, like, I don't know if I really like Amy Schumer. And then someone's like, yeah, because she sucks because she's so feminist. I'm like, no, I'm not with that guy. Yeah. I'm in a different room. I'm all for guy. being loud and angry and full of body positivity. But she also makes problematic jokes. Her jokes don't land a lot of the time. And sometimes her anger is directed in the wrong way and mm. comes off in the wrong way as yeah. well. I like, I on paper, I should like her. Yeah. But I don't. That's why I was like, I- I'm not going to make a comment about Amy Schumer because I was like, on paper, she sounds fine. But then now watching this, if this is emblematic of it, nah. Yeah. Nah, wasn't very good. <laughs> At the same time, I've heard that her stand-up has been nominated for a bunch of things. Maybe her stand-up's better. To be honest, I did try and watch 10 minutes of her stand-up one time because I was curious and I didn't like it. And I couldn't oh. absorb it. I didn't okay. want to keep watching it and I turned it off. I'm also highly aware that a lot of the stand-up that I watch is full of men and I would like more to watch more female stand-up. Yeah. So I really need to broaden my own horizons of comedy because right now it's very male-dominated, like the rest of the world. Yeah. Like everything. What can I say? I was thinking the other day, this is just totally off topic, by the way, and it's really running on last week's trend of me getting angry in a very feminist way. Um, I mean, I can't get angry in a non-feminist way. way Way to close the year. Anyway, let me just take off my bra and burn it for a second. Um, this is an attack to all men listening. No, I just wanted to say that I was thinking about how like cooking has always been like a female activity like women are, are banished into kitchens to c- prepare meals for their family and their husbands and that's the way it's been for a very very long time mm. and even like going thousands of years back the woman's traditional role was to stay at home and cook and clean and provide right well not provide they would cook and clean and the husband would go out and gather yeah how did men still dominate the culinary world <laughs> how are the highest paid chefs in the world still men that's our thing all right that's yeah. a, that's a that's if we could take away something out of the disgusting way society has been set up against women we should at least be able to monopolize the fields that we are banished into yeah. and yet well that's the thing teaching is a female dominated profession and seen as women's work but principals and school administrators mm-hmm. are men nursing is female dominated mm. But doctors Doctors. are mostly men. Men are still in charge of most female-dominated industries. Exactly. And it just blew my mind. I had this realization the other day, and I haven't been able to shake it out of my system. (laughs) Sorry, my burning bra is nipping my fingers It's already a hot day. Yeah, sorry. You should have frozen your bra. (laughs) That's sexist, all right? (laughs) That's what men's right activists do, is that they freeze our bras so our nipples get all hurt and 
ding from the ice. That's how it works. <laughs> but they get all pointy. Do you have a problematic boyfriend? I bet he's putting your bras in the freezer. Just saying, ladies. Has he been getting up in Red the middle flag. of the night, ransacking your top drawer, taking your bras out, and just disappearing with them? Check the freezer, honey. That's that's the red flag, baby. Yes. Can can check the freezer, honey? Be our new like um, what's it, a coffee table book that like launches our career yes. and then we flame out instantly. Yeah. Check the freezer, honey. We come out with a coffee book, and ten years later, we say a bunch of racist shit and somehow still sexist shit, and it turns out we're super problematic as well. <laughs> Nobody is safe. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've all got a lot to unlearn. We do. You know, and that's it for 2020, folks. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. This film is annoying and silly and I hated it. And I can't even recall a funny or standout moment because it was all so bland. So gross. I just want to talk more about bras. Is what I'm saying. I I, I want to at least get into some of the trivia. There wasn't a sure? huge is amount it like of trivia. Is like bra related trivia or it's something? It's not bra related Like what cup trivia. size? Like, what are we talking about here? Zero cups. What? Well, I'm out. Sorry. Step, 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 step. Just kidding. I'll never leave you. I feel like you're really upset in the audio medium that you can't, like, just enact Do things. visual <laughs> gags? Yeah. <laughs> it's very limiting. You really, really want to do visual gags a lot when we record. Are you saying we need a TV show or any producers listening right now? Anyone got a free slot on SBS at 2am that they'd like us to fill for 10 minutes? Because we got you, babe. I mean, our podcasts are 40 minutes long, so we'll just have to speak really fast. You know when you just have a loose slot on SBS? You know when you got a loose slot? <laughs> that's um, what people call me. That's feminism, baby. Um, yeah, so uh, one fun fact, this film marks Goldie Horn's return to the big screen 15 years after she starred in The Banger Sisters. Oh, wow. Yeah. This is what she returned for? This is what she returned for. Is Goldie Horn better than this? Because I and, wanted to just say she was, but I don't know. And she was then nominated for a Razzie Award for Worst oh, Supporting Actress. Oh, man. <laughs> also, Goldie Horn kind of reminds me of your mum if she had blonde hair. Yep. She has yep. a very similar face to your mum's. I get that. She's 72. She's double Amy Schumer's age. Fuck. So she was 70 she while good. recording this. Yeah. She looks great for I 72. I want to look like Goldie Horn when I'm Thought 72. For Actually, sure, I she's w- 63. I want to look like Cher when I'm 72. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Goldie Horn, dye her brown, be my mommy. <laughs> Is that the other shirt? Yeah. <laughs> Check the freezer, honey, and Goldie Horn, dye your hair brown and be my mommy. <laughs> Um, the film was entirely shot in Hawaii, despite being set in South America, mm-hmm. which is, you know, fun. Oh, this is one thing that was positive. I actually liked this. During breaks in filming, Amy Schumer and Wanda Sykes, who starred as an almost funny side character, the the one funny side character was played by Chris Maloney. He was great. He was... He, he did, had, there was a couple of funny moments in there. And every time we looked at them, we're like, I guess that, that was actually kind of funny. That was what annoyed me about this film. There was just a couple of moments where I was like, oh, that was a decent gag. Like, even there was that bit where Amy Schumer's getting broken up with at the beginning by her yeah. boyfriend that she's going to go to Ecuador with. Randall and, Park and his weirdest look yeah, yet. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and he's just like, you know, I'm doing this and you're doing it. And she's like, I'm also doing this. And she grabs his hand trying to see, like, she yeah. tries to pull it up with it. And it was kind of a funny moment for a second. Yeah. And I was like, ugh, don't make me get on side with you. Well, it needs to be like a clean, like, write-off. <laughs> yeah. During breaks in filming, Amy Schumer and Wanda Sykes 
performed several pop-up shows in Honolulu with all the proceeds going to charity. The shows were often announced in the morning and would sell out in a matter of hours. Wow. So that's kind of nice. I like that both of them, while filming a thing, were like, you know, let's let's just do a show for charity because we're here and we like doing stand-up. That is nice. That's fun. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, I like that. Um, I don't know if there really was any other trivia that I didn't even include. Like, it seems like nobody really cared about this movie. Oh, one thing I will say is that the director was Jonathan Levine, who directed 50-50 and Warm Bodies, which are both really great movies. Oh, and Rush with um, Daniel Brühl. And then since then, he's just directed things as bad as this. I don't know what's happened to the man. Mm. Maybe he intentionally was like, I'm going to do big budget movies that are... uh, make me money or maybe he just lost it who knows we all need to lose it once in our lives i can't wait for my own mental break i think it's gonna happen in my 30s that's daunting okay it's Um, something to look forward to like what's it gonna be yeah what will i do i think either i'm already past it or it's gonna happen right as i'm about to achieve success and both of those are completely different. I was going to say both of those are scary, but they're not. They're just very different from each other. Yeah. So isn't that fun? Yeah. <laughs> um, That's super fun. It's super fun. Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, some fun. Let me read out for you two reviews. This is the first time I feel like I've ever gotten a review that wasn't a one or a ten. Oh. It's a seven out of ten. Okay. Which I still think is far too high. So it's by G Pride 2009. G stands for Gary Geranium Goop. That's probably gay. What? Or maybe it's Goop Ride 2009. No, it's GP Ride. Oh, nice. By the way, common thing with the reviews. Almost all the 10 out of 10 reviews mentioned that they were only giving it a 10 because there were so many ones. Okay. <laughs> so even the 10s were like, it's probably not a 10, it's a 6 or a 7. What? <laughs> so, G Pride 2009, I really do not understand the extremely low ratings and bad reviews. It is a funny movie with a really good cast. I do not laugh easily, but this movie made me laugh out loud several times. Moreover, there was not a dull minute in it. Either scene is either funny or action-packed. Some of the reasons behind the bad reviews are utterly ridiculous. Therefore, I'm no longer choosing what I'm going to watch based on IMDb reviews. Finally, I want to add that I do not write reviews often, but after watching this movie and seeing the ridiculous comments and rating, I could not resist. If you want an hour and a half of fun, watch this movie. Seven out of ten. Disagree. Disagree. <laughs> Strong disagree. Don't watch this film. We're watching this film so you don't have to. Don't go and watch this film. I loved it because they seemed to be really into it. And then they were like, oh, it's a seven. <laughs> As per. <laughs> yeah. The ending was inadequate. Ten out of ten. <laughs> and then this one. This one I added because it was almost just hard to read. So uh, its title is Wrong Targeting. It's for the man. And it's by like the man, like the the man that you stick <laughs> it's it to for the man. <laughs> it's by Edgy Dash Eight Two Seven Dash Four Eight Six Nine Six Five. So I guess there were a lot of edgies they had to <laughs> compete with. 
Yes, yes. Before this, I watched only one film of Dippold, and it was Ghost Huntress, and it was bad, but have not bad actress from SNL. But script was terrible, not funny at all, and the male characters. Well, I think it's like Paul Feig in real life. Smiley face. <laughs> anyway, I pick up Snatched only for a Schumer, but I don't like her own film, but her stand-ups is great. So I was really surprised when this film turns up as a pure gold with many jokes, acceptable male characters, not over the top as in Ghostbusters. Aren't we all looking for acceptable male characters at this point? <laughs> and again, jokes so many and they really Schumer like and Goldie was good too. They are a perfect pair. I see many women just hate Schumer and even this movie mostly like Adam Sandler comedy for girls, dot, dot, dot. Well, not too many women can accept hyper-realistic style of Amy. 10 out of 10. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. That's really, that's really a lot to uh, expand and extrapolate from that review that we won't. I really enjoy that people care so much about movies to leave INDB reviews. Like, I've never left a review for anything in my life except when I'm drunk and I'm at a pub and I'm very thankful and I'll leave a Google review and wake up the next morning and find it and regret it because it's ridiculous. Well, that's what we've been talking about. Like, this is... We are now almost six months into our macro study of what what inspires people to leave a review on IMDb, let alone a good one for a clearly bad movie. It's a whole study into, like... The, this IMDb rating system in general. Like, what have yeah. you found before we, like, wrap up for the episode for the year? Happy yeah. New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Um, What have you found weird about the IMDb list so far? Do you think that it's correct? Do you think that it's ha- that there's a political aspect to the selections on the list so far? Have you enjoyed yourself? The answer is no. We can skip that one. <laughs> um, Yeah, what have you found? I think I definitely found that a lot of this first, like, 20 or so films have been mediocre films that have been review-bombed for one reason or another. And it seems like if a movie gets, like, 70% one star and then, like, a quarter 10 stars, that gets a four. Mm. And I'm I'm curious to find out why that is. Yeah. Because that doesn't really average right. A lot of these should be rated lower. Mm. And yet at the same time, a lot of them are just mediocre. Yeah. Which is also the bigger crime in a movie. Well, you know what we should do? We should go through the list of movies that we have watched so far, get the scores that we settled on at the end of each episode, yeah. put them next to each other and reorder the list as as we're going. I like that, yeah. Yeah, because... Yeah, I mean, Ra One is still number one on the list. <laughs> yeah. It is the best Easy. worst movie on the list. Easy. Such a good time. Let's rewatch it right now. Yeah. I, I'm into that. Yeah, I'm into that. For the 40th time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, honestly, I think, I think a lot of these movies are... Like, this is a movie that I think was really bad. It's the worst movie on the list. And yet, I also think... It shouldn't be on the list, even though I've said other movies should be, because it's clearly only review bombed because of Amy Schumer. I think so too. Yeah. I think it's, and, and I think that is the set also a sexist issue around Amy Schumer. Yes, she's annoying. I think she gets criticized a lot because she's an outspoken feminist woman. Yeah. So I think there is a political aspect to the rating of this movie. Yeah. And there's been a lot of movies like. God's Not Dead or Nothing to Lose back at the beginning that were definitely review bombed because of their political context. Now, in those cases, I'm on their side. (laughs) But a lot of these are movies that instead of being really bad and 250 worst, they've just had a 
flood of good and bad reviews. Yeah. And somehow has have ended up at 4.5. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, what have you learned personally over the last 20 episodes? Um, I've learned that I'm a great, great burper. <sighs> Really good at timing it. Really good at delivering each episode. You guys are welcome. I've learned that whilst I enjoy having conversations with you, adding a structure to it makes my enjoyment different. Uh, what? What do you mean? Jesus. What the fuck? Jesus. Wow. This is meant to be wholesome. You just roasted me. No, I'm kidding. I've really enjoyed doing this. Yeah? It's been a good excuse to to have a 40-minute conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also think I've learned, like... The big, uh, we already know the bigger crime of a movie is being mediocre, but n- that's never been more true than this list, because the movies that are worse are have been more fun. Jason Takes Manhattan was fantastic. <laughs> the ones that are outlandish and ridiculous and take risks, they're the best. They yeah. are a good time. I know I really hated Meet the Blacks and repeatedly brought it up as my least favorite, but after a couple it's like this, well. it has aged well. I would. Watch it on a bad movie list. Well, like, guess what, Michelle? We're going to watch 52 more of these bad boys next year. Yeah. We're going to make a substantial way through the rest of this list next year. And it's going to get worse and worse and worse. So I hope you're in for the ride with me. Yeah. And and we've got some heavy hitters coming up next year. We get, we've got Alvin and the Chipmunks, the squeakle. <laughs> and that's such a strong start to the year, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, and Sex in the City too. Sex it's the, the first one of the next year. Yeah. I can't wait to have sex and be in a city. That's what the film's about, right? I don't think they're in New York for that movie. What? Where's the city? It's There better be sex, is all I'm saying, like... which is exactly what we kept saying during Fifty Shades as well. <laughs> well, yeah. It's also what I say at the end of a date. Just kidding. I'm not weird and creepy. What was your rating of Snatched? I'm not weird and creepy, guys. Um, <laughs> my rating of Snatched would be... Oh, it's actually going to be one of the lowest. Yeah. I I had a really bad reaction to this film. Yeah. I broke out in hives. My tongue swelled up. I, I keeled I'd, over. I'd say it's least enjoyable. Yes. I would give it a... I would never watch it again, and I would give it a solid... Oh, one out of ten. Oh, one out of ten. That's I fair. Really that is your it. lowest score. Yeah, I think. I've stated before, and I'm going to stand by this: that if it is a movie that is like competently made, like it was lit, it was edited, you know, like all of the parts of being a movie, it's lit. It's <laughs> the minimum for that is two, yeah. because it, there has to be a lot of room for them to be incompetently made. Yeah. This was competently made. It just sucked. Yeah. So I'm going to give it maybe a 2.6. Nice. So wow, that's it gets a lot higher than mine. It gets 0.6 as quality over the bare minimum of what a movie needs to be. I think you're a lot more fair with your rating. Mine is totally based on feeling, <laughs> and I'm having a lot of strong feelings against this film. <laughs> One out of ten. <laughs> Neat. Love it. <laughs> Well, what are we watching next year? Next year, we are watching Sex and the City 2 to begin. Hell yeah. What a fun, raunchy, 
stylish year it will be, I am sure. I don't think I've ever watched an episode of Sex and the City, nor have I seen the first one. I have only watched Sex and the City when my mum had it on and I was secretly watching it with her from the other room, but she couldn't tell. Like, I'd watch it through the doorway. Yeah. Because it was was too risque for me to watch, but it looked fun. I'm such a Samantha. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a titled fucking Charlotte. (laughs) (laughs) Join us next year and have a wonderful New Year's Eve. Yeah. Happy 2021. And happy end of 2020. (laughs) Fuck this year. Nice. That's it.